Are you looking for world-class health and wellness advice combined with a dose of inspiration and spiritual encouragement? You've come to the right place. This is nourishment for body and soul. This is Mana, and I'm Dr. Turner. Welcome. Welcome to Episode 3, where we continue getting to know Dr. Turner as we discuss some of his greatest challenges, mistakes, and failures. Because that is a surefire recipe for a wildly successful podcast. Take it away, Dr. Turner. Ah, yes. Welcome back, everyone. Esteemed audience members from all parts of the world, I salute you. Yes, I'm corny. Deal with it. So you're asking yourself the question, can I relate to this guy? Well, if you have a bad sense of humor, then yes. Besides that, let's consider a few more examples. Drum roll, please. You can relate to me if you have ever been fired from a job. You know, It's somewhat painful to admit this, but I was fired or let go or contract not renewed, euphemism for we didn't want you anymore, from the first five jobs I ever had. This began in college. My first job was a bookshelver at Meyer Library in Stanford Medical School. Back in those days, people used to actually go to the library to read the medical journals. This was before PubMed and the widespread establishment of medical articles online. So unbelievably so to most people these days, you'd have to go to the library, check out this big, thick, uh, bound volume that would contain four or five different journals all wedged together in it and thumb through that thing and try to then take it to the photocopier to photocopy the several pages of interest to you and put that back and repeat that cycle. And it takes several hours and lots of photocopying and lots of heavy lifting and jamming large (laughs) journals under copiers that weren't meant to be there till finally you had the article summaries necessary to write your term paper. Well, I was the guy in whose job it was to put all the disheveled mess back on the shelves in an orderly fashion, except I had a little problem, which was I didn't show up on time on a fairly regular basis. At which point they just kindly said, yeah, don't come back to work next week. I had some other jobs as a personal assistant, uh, ultimately as a grade school teacher. I taught fifth grade. I taught seventh and eighth grade science and also worked as a property manager. Um, And those were all great, but they all ended in some sense of disappointment, I think, on the part of my boss and some sort of disbelieving, uh, confused, inquiring unsatisfied, questioning, angst-filled look and feeling in my soul about what was going wrong and what was my problem and why could I not hold down a job for crying out loud to be continued because the answers didn't come for several years. Now, moving on. You can relate to me if you are or have ever been a working class person on a tight budget with no health insurance. During my sojourn between undergrad and medical school, I took a few years off, worked a few odd jobs, as I mentioned. And one of those was I was living in Lake Tahoe and working as a property manager. I worked part-time and sold lift tickets at a ski resort. And I also drove a bread truck. 
And so my bread truck driving days were particularly instructive for me. I had to get up around 3.30 or 4, get there, load my truck, often in cold weather, definitely pitch dark, drive my truck all over the Reno, Lake Tahoe area, snowy roads, uh, ice, slush, etc., and kind of like the Pony Express, through all sorts of conditions, I had to get the bread to the destination, ladies and gentlemen. And I successfully did that with a smile on my face on most every occasion. Now, the challenge there was I wasn't making great money. I was on a tight budget and I definitely had no health insurance. And I remember one day I slipped and fell as I was loading my bread truck, striking my elbow, bread tray hits the ground, bread loaves scatter. It's me quietly moaning and alone in the uh, parking lot area of the bakery nursing my elbow and slowly limpingly grabbing my stuff getting back into the van and I just remember sitting there thinking oh god please I hope my elbow's not broken I hope nothing serious is wrong here because I don't have insurance I definitely don't have money to go to the doctor if I have to go to some urgent care not only am I going to have to pay you know 75 or 100 dollar fee plus possible medications plus x-ray but also, I'm not getting paid that day, so I'm going to lose my hourly that day. So the real cost to me is probably twice that amount. And I just, I can't do that. I don't have that kind of money. And so I just nursed my elbow and uh, kind of babied it and basically drove the truck and delivered bread one-armed that day and for several days afterwards. And thankfully, with a bit of ibuprofen and some rest and perhaps an ace bandage or two, things slowly resolved. But I, I've never forgotten that feeling, and I've carried that forward into my medical practice to understand and to, to have sympathy for people in similar situations. I remember on another occasion when I was living in Lake Tahoe, there was so little food in the fridge, I was thinking about going down to a food bank. And I had never done that in my life. It's not like I grew up that way. Uh, I had a lot of uh, trepidation, embarrassment about it, didn't quite know how that even worked. It's like, do you have to sign up or do they take a picture of you or take your driver's license? Like, oh, how does that even look? You know, and I frankly didn't want to find out. I probably had too much pride, but I remember just staring. I had nothing but I think some ketchup and, you know, a hot dog bun and maybe like an open can of beans or something in the fridge. And that was just about it. Um, but uh, I kind of scraped through there. So, yeah, if that's ever been you, I can understand if, you know, the, the feeling of your car breaking down and you don't know where the money is going to come from to fix it. So it's just sitting there for a while and you're walking or riding the bus or hitching a ride from friends. I've been there and done that. Next up, you can relate to me if you've ever gone through a period of time being overwhelmed and stressed and responded by stress eating and just letting yourself go. In fact, this was me. For a time in medical school, I was studying hard. I was newly married. My wife was pregnant. Uh, I was probably going through some hormonal changes myself, seemingly. I mean, I was, you know, eating a lot of ice cream and staying up late and uh, talking with her and such. So there just came a point in time where I, I turned to my wife and said, I said, baby, did you shrink my jeans? And she looked at me kind of strange, and I was like, really, did, did you shrink my jeans? She's like, no, I didn't shrink your jeans. And uh, there was an honest discussion and an honest deliberation, like, somebody shrunk my jeans. I'm not kidding. And finally, after about 10 minutes of back and forth, seemingly, she convinced me, and I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness, I've just filled these jeans out, haven't I? And so... Yeah, that, I, I've been there, you know. Uh, my personal vices usually center around eating cereal late at night. But, you know, kettle corn will do and 
uh, you know, different things. Tapioca pudding is always a major trigger at times. But moving on, um, put that behind me fairly successfully and have established some more healthful patterns. But, you know, I know what it's like to struggle and I know what it's like to uh, feel overwhelmed and stressed and uh, looking for comfort wherever you can get it. I, I get that. Also, and finally, for today's episode, you might be able to relate to me if you've ever experienced the death of a dream. The death of a dream. You know, I had a dream that began in high school when I lived in the Dominican Republic as an exchange student. In my previous episode, you might have heard that, that uh, I got highly inspired to go overseas when this very attractive girl came back from New Zealand with a tan and an awesome ac accent and sat next to me in the trumpet section of my high school band. Uh, I was righteously excited, therefore, about pursuing overseas experiences, and I ended up in the Dominican Republic. Well, that was such a formative year for me, set the stage for my life to the point that as I came back and went through undergrad and medical school and even on into residency, my whole goal was to return to the Dominican Republic as a medical missionary, to do some work, to share God's love, to help take care of people in a very tangible way and use medicine to do that. It got down to our final trip as a family. This was my wife, our young daughter at the time, uh, over the summer before my last year of residency at the Mayo Clinic. And we went down and we were basically going to just set up final preparations for returning that next year after I had graduated. The whole summer turned out to be fairly difficult. There had been economic turmoil in the country. The safety situation and profile wasn't so great. But ultimately, what was most difficult was my daughter was bitten by a bat that most likely had rabies. We might have also been bitten. We weren't sure. So we had to medically evacuate under urgent circumstances and hightail it back to the U.S. We all went straight to the ER. We got rabies shots. There was a whole lot of turmoil, uh, confusion, anxiety, uh, distress, as you can imagine. As that all settled down, my wife, understandably, uh, just turned to me and said, I'm not ready for this. You know, we're not ready for this. Maybe later, but the family's not ready for this right now. And it was a, such a difficult message to hear. And I, and I just had to take that alone to God for the next several weeks and months. I'm like, God, what? What? How? How is this possible? I've been working to, for this for years. All I've wanted to do is just return to the Dominican Republic and help the people and live there happy. And now as I'm about to cross the finish line, everything just crumbles. And I'm being told in no uncertain terms that it's not going to work for the family. And because I love my wife and want to uh, preserve family unity and, and do what's best, obviously, we're not going. And I just wrestled with God. It was very difficult. I felt listless. I felt uh, adrift. I felt disappointed. Uh, I felt disillusioned would be a good word. And so that began a process, which I might be able to share a bit later what the resolution was to that in the end. But it was the death of a dream, and that was painful, and it completely changed my direction and outlook. And so I had just several months of my final year of the Mayo Clinic to completely shift my perspective and to think about pursuing a job domestically and where we'd want to live, etc. So quite a mind bender for me. Well, there we have it, friends. The saga continues. <laughs> Next episode, we will wrap up this trilogy as I share with you the greatest risk I ever took, my failures in love and marriage, and the pain of losing two close friends to COVID. Until then, I remain steadfast and resolute 
your partner in health, Dr. Turner. This wraps up another edition of MANA. I enjoyed our time together, and I hope that this has inspired you towards a healthy and happy life. Be blessed.